It's time for Hostile Discourse. Here's your host, David Rolfing. Hey everybody, welcome back to Hostile Discourse. Tonight on episode 43, we are reviewing Avengers Endgame, which premiered just a few days ago on April 26th or 25th, I guess the Thursday night premiere. So we're excited to talk about that. And we are bringing back the speed round debate questions. So we have a few of those and somebody different is judging each of those. I'll read them off real quick. Debate number one, which superhero would be the most helpful for our current world right now? Debate two, which superhero would make for the best new video game series? And debate number three, what is the best Marvel movie of all time? We've done a lot of superhero debates in the past, so we had a little bit of trouble coming up with these, but I think they're going to be really fun, and we might top some of our previous debates from a year ago on the Avengers Infinity War episode. Um, before we get into it, let me introduce you to tonight's crew. I don't know if I can still call you a guest, Tim. You've been on you've been on so much at this point, but welcome back. Well, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be here talking about my favorite nerdy things. Yeah, you seem to be our like movie slash show expert at this point. Oh, wow. I want that to be my new job title. Nerd expert. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones and Avengers. Not too nerdy. Those are super mainstream at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with me, as always, my three faithful co-hosts, starting with Joe Kuiper from Oklahoma City. Howdy ho, everybody. And Jared Kozart from Tulsa. Hi, gang. And in the exact same building in Tulsa, but different rooms, <laughs> Jacob Hunter. Welcome back, Jacob. We missed you on our Game of Thrones episodes. Yes. Uh, I'm glad to be here now that we're actually picking up good content. Ooh. Ooh okay. Blazing. Blazing <laughs> hot takes. The Marvel fanboy strikes again. Hotter than the sun. No, I'm just echoing. I've, I don't know. I probably won't be on the other Game of Thrones episodes, but it didn't sound too good for the series. Oh, I don't know. I agree with Jacob. <laughs> Three more episodes, then we can judge it, I guess, as a whole. But we are not talking about Game of Thrones this week. And we're talking about Avengers. So let's get into our movie review. And spoiler alert, we are going to get into plenty of details about the movie. So if you haven't seen it, uh, skip to the debate, which the time code is linked in the show notes. Okay, so Avengers Endgame. I'll read the plot summary real quick. Adrift in space with no food or water, Tony Stark sends a message to Pepper Potts as his oxygen supply starts to dwindle. Meanwhile, the remaining Avengers, Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, and Bruce Banner, must figure out a way to bring back their vanquished allies for an epic showdown with Thanos, the evil demigod who decimated the planet and the universe. Uh, Directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe, and composed by Alan Silvestri. And just... Some quick facts. This movie is blowing away the box office. It's probably going to beat beat out the Avengers. Um, in five days, it made $1.2 billion in the global box office, which is an insane number. And $350 million during its opening weekend, I think, nationally. Yeah. The movie is projected to be the, the all-time box office winner, which is pretty insane. But let's give our high-level thoughts. So let's start with... Tim, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to just preface everything I say by I like the movie, but Infinity War was the superior member of the duet. I mainly say that because I think what made Infinity War so appealing to me was that Thanos was the main character. We followed him throughout the whole movie. Uh, not to say that Endgame was bad, but it felt like more of just a return to what the standard formula is for most of these Marvel team-up movies which is following an ensemble for a little bit. They get into some hijinks halfway through the movie, and then uh, they 
come to a, a really epic conclusion in this case, but in many ways, this movie felt like a buildup to a final sequence rather than enjoying the journey and focusing on the journey to get there. Interesting. Uh, Jacob, what did you think? Uh, I loved it. Are we in spoiler mode right now? Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. Okay. Wee -wee 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 -wee. I, the only thing I can think of is like, I wish there was a Hulk out just to just one last hoorah. But <laughs> I really have nothing bad to say about this movie. I used to think that like Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was like the craziest movie pitch you could give in the MCU, but I'm convinced that Endgame is that now and it just all worked. It, it all worked because it was uh, it felt so big and so final. It's a very emotional take I have on this movie. Like I'm not sure it's going to age super well, but I think it's absolutely wonderful. Some differing opinions. I'm excited to get into it. Joe, did you like the movie? Uh, I did. I definitely did. Um, I think that I would agree in saying that I thought Infinity War was better, but they're both pretty next-level movies in my mind. Um, and, I mean, it's. It, I think it speaks for itself that in a three-hour movie, I could sit there and not one time wonder, like, how long it had been or, like, just be, I had no idea what the time frame was and I was just sitting there enjoying it for the whole three hours. Um, and luckily my bladder held out also. <laughs> so it was a very enjoyable, um, kind of, I mean, I know Tim said that like Infinity War was kind of for Thanos as a main character. And I kind of liked how they went back to the Avengers being the main character in this one. Um, but I definitely had some other issues. So we'll talk about those later. Cool. Jared? I thought it was very good. Okay, here's what I think happened. I think it started blazing hot with the Hawkeye scene. Cold open, it was amazing. And then it took like five minutes to kill Thanos. And at that point, I was very shocked and surprised. And uh, that was good. I mean, it had me guessing. And then two hours go by. And uh, it wasn't, it, it definitely was not boring, but it was like, I wasn't super engaged. Nah, that's not even not true. But like, it, it was just a it was a slow build up. It was a slow build up, and then the last hour was absolutely amazing. But I think my high level take, besides all that, is that like as a wrap up to this series, uh, it it was awesome. It did a great job in context. It was amazing. I loved it. As a as a one movie, it was a little slow at first and had a great ending. But as a standalone, it was okay. No, no, it, it was good. Um, but like it's, it's main value comes from just being the finale, I think. Yeah, I think that's valid. And I, I went into this not seeing a single trailer, maybe like a teaser a long time ago, but I purposefully like didn't want to know anything about this movie. And I kind of go into most Marvel movies like that. Like, I'm not the hugest Marvel fan, so I kind of just enjoy them and take them for what they're for, but I don't like get super deep into the lore or, and I didn't read many comics besides Spider-Man. But that being said, I was really impressed by this movie. I think that as Jared said, like it's unique, like it caps 10 years of movies, 20 something, I think it's 21 or 22 MCU movies. And it does a really good job of being that that capstone. I could see it not standing as well like on its own. It is a three hour long movie. I didn't feel that three hours either. I was kind of worried about the length and we had Game of Thrones uh, episode three of season eight like right after that. So like, oh, this is going to be a long day. But I was really impressed with the movie. I think that they didn't focus on Thanos, but I felt like that they focused more on developing the characters that are in the Avengers 
And I really appreciated that. And I felt like they weren't trying to cram as much action as they did in Infinity War into this one. And I really appreciated that Um, because some of the Marvel movies, including Infinity War, just went like back to back to back, action, 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 nonstop. But this one just had a little bit of a slower feel in the middle. Maybe that's why you thought it felt slow, Jared. But I kind of liked that aspect of it. But yeah, those are just initial thoughts. So we can kind of get into details. I think we'll probably start with uh, the beginning of the movie and work our way till the end. So I guess we can just kind of talk about the first 15 minutes as a whole, because there's a few things that happen. But the most important thing that we mentioned is Thanos just gets killed right off the bat, which is kind of out of the nowhere. Uh, What did you guys think about that? Were you happy, enraged? What did you think? I've said my thoughts on, I thought the whole opening, you know, at least 15 minutes was amazing. Anyone disagree with that? I mean, for sure the, for sure the cold open with Hawkeye, right? Everyone agrees that was awesome. Yeah. That's about as good as they could have started it. Yeah. It's as good as you could start it. How about Thanos dying? I thought it was a good twist. Oh, very good twist. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Joe? I think, I think they had to do it that way in the day of internet speculation. They just wanted to do something that was very uncalled for and made the slate blank. Yeah, and I and I don't think that it in any way took away from Thanos' character because it was kind of like he was just so fine with it. He was like, I've fulfilled my purpose. The exactly. dude was like so determined and now it's he's it's done. Didn't matter. I think that actually adds to his character a lot. Like he's legitimately like that was his mission. He thought he was doing the universe good by killing half of life and that shows like he didn't he had his armor on like a weird scarecrow thing he made, but like he didn't put up a fight whatsoever i know they surprised him but he did seem like almost satisfied to just go out they got like you got me but i did what i had to do exactly yeah i think thanos's mission feels the most complete when we see at the very end of infinity war when he's on that back porch of his farm Mm. and he just has the thinnest veneer of a smile (laughs) because you know he's he's done like exactly you guys said he's completely culminated and finished his life's mission and even in the last bit of dialogue, you see that he's a dynamic character. I mean, if there's one thing consistent about him, it's that he hates Nebula. <laughs> and in the last, in his last moments, he was admitting that maybe he was too harsh on her. Hmm. And one more thing that's important about that uh, opening scene in Thanos' farmhouse is that it establishes that usage of the stones is deadly. Yeah. That ended up being very important later on. So in retrospective, the intro is very important, both for setting... Deadly or just harmful? Deadly. Like, I think Thanos said he was dying, and he would have died eventually. Like, did you see his whole left side, or what side is the gauntlet on? Left or right? Right, I think. Yeah, it's right side. He was all, like, scarred and stuff. Yeah, it's like, that's deadly for anybody besides, like, Thanos and Hulk, probably. Yeah, I mean, like that may- might not yeah. be true. But- like maybe Thanos would have survived for much longer, but um, it certainly looked like, yeah, yeah. He was in bad shape, say the least. Yep. Uh, minor like plot hole point. I thought that the stones were like what held reality together. And so if in destroying them, wouldn't he have destroyed reality? <laughs> uh, it, it's- yeah, I don't know. They, they like hype the stones up so much sometimes and then they, other times they're like kind of irrelevant. So They really know. do. But the reality of it is we saw one get destroyed in, in Infinity War 
it wasn't that big of a deal. Wong said at best they would just reform in the cosmos somewhere else. Oh, That's fair. I'll take that. Yeah, he's Thanos said they split down to atoms. So maybe they, yeah, they did just like reform in some other. Or eventually way. they would. Yeah, it's like energy can either be created nor destroyed. Yeah. So right after that, <laughs> it's the number five comes up on the screen and it dwells on that to have you guessing like five days five years five weeks and it goes five years later so that was that was super surprising to me and then i think the first character goes on there is ant-man and he gets ejected from the quantum realm by a rat jumping on his van on that control panel um i didn't see ant-man and the wasp i don't know if you guys did but is there anything key from that movie related to the quantum realm that I am missing out on, like, knowledge-wise? Or did they go over all of that in this movie? Basically, yeah. It's low-tier Marvel movie for sure. The most (laughs) important part is that they kind of figure out how to harness or, like, get into the quantum realm in a controlled way. They establish that things get really weird in there. Hope Van Dyne, the Wasp's mom, is trapped in there. And at one point in the movie, she, like, possesses Scott Lang weird psychic stuff can happen when you're in the quantum realm. They just establish it's super weird. The post credit scene is Scott goes into the quantum realm to study it. And then everyone else that was there to be able to bring him out gets dusted. Like all three of them. Yeesh. Bummer for him. Yeah. Poor timing on his part. He was only there for five hours though. In his time. I feel like they weren't consistent with that inception timing. Dude. Uh, my biggest fault with this movie is the time travel stuff, for sure. You have to accept that time travel doesn't make any sense and just be okay yeah. with it. Yep. Tim, do you not like how they they use that as the main plot of the movie, or do you not like the mechanics of like the inconsistencies? My biggest problem with it actually comes down to a joke where they are trying, or Banner is attempting to explain to Scott how the quant or how this time travel manipulation of the quantum realm will work. And they explain it with a joke. And that to me, at least in back to the future, they have some scientific mumbo jumbo to try and try and just rationalize some crude explanation for why it is going to work. And of course they just had to make a Marvel point of it, make a Marvel joke. What was the joke? I don't remember that. Basically Hulk says all of these high level words that don't really amount to much. And Scott just says, Oh, okay, got it. Ah, uh, I see. I see what you mean. And they say Back to the Future is BS. Like, they hate on, they hate <laughs> yeah, on those yet, <laughs> yet the craziest thing is one of the quintessential scenes in Back to the Future 2 is when they explain branching timelines. And then Hull or Banner ends up having that exact conversation with, uh, oh, I always the forget her name, one. the ancient one. Yeah, the ancient one. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in the New York Avengers scene. Hey, Jacob, you, you seem to understand time travel. What's your... <laughs> what's your uh, What's your take here? I don't know what made me uh, seem like I did understand it, but there's part. I think the movie holds up super well in some key parts, just like the mechanics of the time travel stuff. I do get confused about how the events of Infinity War can occur when Thanos is actually getting zapped into the future before the the events events of Infinity War. Oh, that's the point. I think those get circumvented. Wait, no, but they can't because dude, I think doesn't it circumvent it all? Because I, I thought I, I, what I love Thanos about is it is no longer in the past. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. What are you talking about before the events of Infinity War? Thanos at Thanos that dies at the end of Endgame 
is Thanos a younger. from 2014. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it's younger Thanos. So, so how is he going to go and snap his fingers? But he doesn't. It doesn't matter because they already get all the gems and it just ex- – I always thought of it – I thought of Endgame as it accelerates Thanos' plan. All of a sudden, it's younger 2014 Thanos brought into a future where the gems are now collected on Tony's gauntlet or whatever – and he col- he collects them then and tries to immediately enact his plan. I could see for the most part that the m- the movie, the timelines and everything, they all take place in actually the same timeline. Because for everything they do, they immediately go back and fix it. Yep. I guess maybe they're like actually they actually are creating an alternate timeline, but everything just happens the same, dude. It's just very very close. I think they definitely created an alternate timeline when they killed twenty fourteen. Thanos, that's they split off into two timelines right there. They had to have because in the current day of Endgame, like going forward, yeah, everyone's still alive, but they, they were brought back because they used the gauntlet to bring them back. But the gauntlet was never used to remove them from the 2014, you know, like the past version, and Thanos never existed. So that timeline has to be different, right? <laughs> It, it doesn't you make any sense. You just have to accept it. I don't think we're going to, yeah, I don't think we're going to break down the it just ins like, and outs of time travel today. <laughs> we solved it. to it. Like, like Tony Stark did in five seconds. <laughs> Bang, I got it. It's eigenvalues. <laughs> time travel. For nice everything they do, joke. they go back and uh, not fix it, but like make, is it, make it as if it never happened. Yeah. They do yeah, that for yeah, everything yeah. except for killing Thanos. This big gap of yeah. Thanos. But. You know, I don't really care. I still love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on from deciphering this fictional time travel. <laughs> we did it, guys. Um, we solved time travel. <laughs> so something we skipped over briefly was Tony emaciated, floating in that ship. He's very defeated, you know, in a terrible mood. I guess we can just talk about Tony in general. How did you like how his character changed from when we see him in that ship either actually skinny or CGI skinny, I couldn't really tell, to where he has the family and then ultimately makes the sacrifice at the end. What did you think of his arc? His arc reactor is gone, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was so dramatic when he came back and just had nothing but spite for Captain America. He had the most reasonable righteous indignation. They bring back the conversation they had in uh, Age of Ultron, where Tony was saying he could build a, a shield of armor, a suit of armor around the earth, but like, oh, for your precious freedom, we didn't do it. But then everything like actually went to hell. He told Captain America he hated him, he d- didn't trust him. You know, the beginning we talked about how great it was. Everything about it goes to show how hopeless everything was. And um, seeing Iron Man so defeated, like you said, was. It was great for it, and I loved it. I think the only bad part about it is we didn't get longer to just just exist with this very distraught and defeated Tony. It just did the time jump, you know, five years later, and that's kind of it, right? I I don't know. I, I, I disagree only because I, now I'm skipping ahead to a different part, but, like, I just, I like, uh, it's tough because... Well, no, that characterization is really good, Tim. You're right. That that defeated part. What I was going to say was it's uh, Thor came into my mind and like now again, I'm skipping ahead, but I I just was not a fan of fat, drunk Thor. <laughs> Absolutely not. The only way. Yeah, Jared, I'm with you. But the only way it reconciles for me 
is that we are seeing each of the characters responding to grief in their own way. Exactly. And if you think of temporaneously where Thor was immediately after the ship gets hit by Thanos at the start of Infinity War, the vast majority of Asgardians are dead, Mm -hmm. but Thor is thrust into action. He doesn't have time to process any of it emotionally. Not to mention Thor is really bad at processing things emotionally, hence why he's become physically weakened and alcoholic borderline, you know, playing Fortnite, which is a, a terrible thing to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, my point is the only reason we see Fat Thor now is because he is processing in his only way yeah. that he knows how to do this grief that he wasn't able to process during Infinity War. Agree. That's a really good point. Like, and each character in the movie was processing that grief and those like huge moments they've all had ptsd and we're showing it in different ways like hawkeye you know is going on and killing people Yeesh. whoa that's so true i just got chills thinking about that yeah tony is like angry more angry until he has his family and then he's like living for a purpose um thor thor is like has anxieties having panic attacks the reason i thought of like ptsd is because like he doesn't even want the name thanos uttered like it really triggers him and then the other the other characters in the avengers when scarlett johansson was like leading them and had the holograms like everyone didn't seem to be normal and they were showing grief in different ways but i think that was it was really cool how they were expressing that grief in different ways for each character I agree. And I guess like it, it, it's pretty in line with Thor's character, the, the character he's always been. Um, b- back to Tony, the best part about his characterization and not even his characterization, but um, just his story progression is having a finally having a family and a daughter and being somewhat happy and restful. It, it makes it so much more impactful when, of course, dead. <laughs> Yeah, he's always been kind of like a selfish character, but overcomes that selfishness by like being a hero. And then he's finally like doing, he's being selfish, but in a good way because he's taking care of his family and like doesn't want to give that up, which is selfish because he's, he can choose that or saving the universe. But it's like, it's the hardest thing he's ever had to do as far as doing something for others and not himself. And so I really like how they've Mm. progressed his character in that way, forcing him to be unselfish more and more and that's like the ultimate sacrifice is like risking your own family yeah i was very pleased with tony's take on how he wanted this to go down he made it very clear to uh cap that the the whatever it takes thing was kind of deceiving in the in the uh trailers because I'm pretty sure he says that in the trailer and he does not say it in the movie and he makes it very clear that um, if it, you know, if it were to cost his, his wife and his daughter, the things that he has found, you know, he makes a good line. It's like, we do, you know, we, we do what we can to bring back the, the, the things we lost, but we do whatever we can to uh, keep the things we found, which is a great line. I think that's, that's the, that's the right way to think about it too. Joe, did you have something you wanted to say? Uh, no, I was just Fortnite gonna, doesn't suck, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Good I was point, just going to make the comparison of, like, the five stages of grief with the characters on, like, Iron Man being anger, Thor being depression, Captain America's acceptance, bargaining and... Depre- or bargaining and, uh... I forget the other one. I, don't know, I was just going to say that, but it wasn't anything important. David kind of said it already, so... Oh, that was pretty cool, though, yeah. 
wise mm-hmm. from the doctor himself. A medical hot take. Yes. Um, let's briefly touch through like the different time travel scenes. So there's uh, the New York 2012 Avengers 1 battle they go back to. There's the Rocket and Thor go to Asgard. Which we can kind of skip over, probably. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> funny that they went into the worst Marvel movie. Yeah, it, it's 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 random. It's a little bit yeah. well, not really, because it had to be the one. It's the only one that the uh, Reality Stone is in. <laughs> if you said like, "Man, they're going to go back in time to all the old movies," no one's going to be like, "Oh, they're going to go back to Thor 2. Like, <laughs> no one no one was asking for that, but it makes sense. It's just kind of ironic, I think. Thor's mom was super chill, though, about him being from the future. Yeah. She has a weird name. <laughs> yeah, it was good to... Uh, what's her name? Is it Frigga? Yeah, it's Frigga. Yeah. It's, there's yeah. two Gs. Wow, way, to, way to make fun of Norse mythology, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Dude. Insensitive swine. <laughs> I will not apologize. Um, did you like the New York time travel scene or Captain America has to fight himself. That was fun. They mess up the plan because the Hulk is pissed. He had to run down the stairs. I thought that was all done pretty well. And it was like amazing how they recreated it to feel like it was in the old movie. I don't know if they did use CGI to get different angles during the battle when they first arrived or what, but like, it's just so impressive what they did as far as making it all so seamless with these old scenes. Yeah, I thought the New York scene was amazing. Captain America fighting himself was great. His uh, America's ass. That was funny. <laughs> the uh, that I can do this all day <laughs> line was funny. Um, <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like, I can do this all day. He's like, I know. <laughs> um, Hail Hydra in the elevator. That was really cool. That was awesome. so cool. That was awesome. Yeah, that, that was to me. That was the elevator subversion scene was actually the only good example or the only clever example of them doing the time travel at all in the new york section i might agree like it <laughs> it's the biggest payoff for sure the soul stone i you know, i enjoyed oh that was actually cool but it also like uh, as cool as it was it also felt like no i'm the one who's most worthy to die no i'm the most worthy one if to they would have gotten rid of a couple of the switcheroos i think it would have played off a lot better as like a meaningful sacrifice, but it almost was like silly how many times they like pulled each other back and that kind of ruined the vibe. Thank you, David. Exactly yeah. that. I mean, I love the Black Widow Hawkeye chemistry. They're great in every movie that they appear in the same screen. I wasn't super enthralled with that scene for the Soul Stone until he's holding Black Widow up and she says, just please let me go. It's pretty good. It's a great death scene. And did you cry? No. Well, yeah, but not there. <laughs> <laughs> I probably cried. Yeah, for the record, I cried four times. <laughs> we don't have too much time left to talk about this, so let's skip to the climactic battle. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, I yes. really liked how they focused on, like, fighting Thanos, even fighting some of the bigger creatures and the ships and stuff. They weren't, like, solely focused on fighting the, the little insect minions like they were in Infinity War, which are just, like, it just gets boring after a little while. It just felt more personal, I think, like, keeping the focus on Thanos and keeping the focus on the gauntlet. There was just more of, like, a, you know, the gauntlet was what they focused on instead of just just killing. So, I think it made the battle really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Two, two best scenes in the movie for me 
were it's when obviously Cap picked up the hammer, yes, Thor's hammer, yeah, um, yep. and 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 then proceeded to absolutely wipe the floor with Thanos for a little bit, and that was yeah. <laughs> so amazing, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, when the portals opened up and everyone else came back, honestly, I, I might have cried when that happened. That was that was so good. <laughs> I just I just love how like I totally blanked on the fact that the other half of the world existed until the portal opened and you hear Sam say, "I'm on your left," <laughs> and like yeah. all these heroes come out. That was that was the best part for sure. Absolutely. You know what they sh- they missed out on a little bit there. Some of the X-Men coming out of one of those portals. Yep. Or like the Fantastic Four. Yes. Like that would have been, that would have made it to another level. That would have been awesome. Oh, dude, I would have died if the Fantastic Eh. Four came through. Just think Wolverine just popping out of one of those things. Oh, wow. Wolverine. Interesting. Yeah, that's Wolverine. He is awesome. That's a really good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I guess let's fast forward to the very end. Tony's sacrifice. How exactly did he steal the jewels from Thanos' hand? Any clue? Don't matter. (laughs) It is true. It don't matter. The nanotechnology, I'm guessing. Yeah, the nanotech. Yeah, make it up. Make it up. Whatever works for you. It doesn't matter. Honestly, do you but, guys think there's a possibility that the Stones were choosing Tony because he was more worthy? No. Don't matter. No. Okay. <laughs> don't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't wait to watch that scene again because it wasn't clicking, but now I can see that like... It's the nanotech. It's like a magnet. Right? Yeah, like Doctor Strange gives him the signal that he has to be... While fighting a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. The He gives him the signal to... That this is the one out of 14 million, whatever. Tony gets to know before he does it that that is the moment that he's got to do it. And, like, he knows he can't fail. Like, he knows he actually, it's impossible. It, he They're in the one timeline. No pressure? That's lame. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, like, it's very cool self-assurance. Are you, are, to get- are you telling me that it's 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 actually not a clutch move at all? <laughs> The sacrifice still occurs. It's just, it's like predestination, Jerry. I'd rather have MJ than Tony. MJ's way more clutch. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Mary Jane. We're, <laughs> we're in Marvel mode right now. Um, he just nearly blows half his body off, saving the universe. I also, I share your sentiment you, you shared earlier, <clears throat> Jacob, about the Hulk, lack of a, a Hulk going crazy. And uh, at first, my, my thought was like, Whenever he, whenever Hulk put on the the gauntlet to snap the first time, um, and he he made the comment about the gamma radiation, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. He's gonna expose himself to this gamma radiation. He's gonna go berserk. He's gonna turn into Super Hulk from all this stuff. It's gonna be amazing. And then I kind of forgot about it after a while. And then after the movie, I was thinking about it, and that was one of the first things I was boned about. I was like, ah, oh, where was Hulk? Like that's such a such a kind of a cop out. Like where, where? But then I realized that like he he was quite injured from that snap. So he that's that's why he was not there yeah. fighting. Um, which is a good like that's a good reason. The the Professor Hulk thing was kind of like weird and pointless, except for that. Like he he had to be the Hulk for that reason. But you know who wasn't injured and disappointed me? Thor. Yeah, he was out of shape. He just he was so hyped up last movie, and then like. Gets his second chance and he just freaking sucks. <laughs> How does he, he suck? Suck, suck. But he, he, got, he got beat down by Thanos. He did magically lose his gut when he 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 actually. I don't think back he does. I don't think he does. He does not. No, when he went back in time, he had it. No, no. When he when he when he comes back from back in time, it looked to me like he was uh, not very fat anymore. Uh, maybe I saw that wrong. Maybe I was just hoping. 
He just sucked in. To he's, fit into he, his suck, arm. he sucked it in, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to fit in that armor somehow. Yeah. He zapped, zapped off the fat with his lightning. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, let's go into our closing thoughts. Let's each give like maybe 30 seconds of your final thoughts of the movie. You could include mentioning the funeral that we haven't talked about in there as well if you want. I guess I'll start. So, yeah, I just... I was super impressed by this movie. Infinity War, I felt like it was too busy. I didn't really like love the last action scene just because of the genericness of the enemies. I think that this movie really built on all the characters even more, which is impressive after how many Avengers movies there have been. I think one thing we didn't mention was just like the level of acting from every character. Scarlett Johansson... Robert Downey Jr., I think they all did just an incredible job at acting in general. And I think that's what kind of hit home with the individual characters. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was I was very impressed. And I will definitely see it again, which I don't say often about Marvel movies, especially the sub the subclass like Ant-Man. But yeah, I loved it. Joe, what did you think? I'll use my 30 seconds to address a point we haven't talked about yet, which is probably the best character finale out of any of them. I mean, I know Tony's was great, but I loved Captain America's finish. Um, as soon as he went back and then like, I, I think I knew at that exact moment, like what he was going to do. But then like when he didn't come back and they walk over to the bench, like that whole sequence was, was pretty great. Um, and then they cut back and show him dancing with his, his woman. Um, that was a great finale. Yeah, Chris Evans is a really good actor, too. I think people don't give him enough credit for his Captain America role. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, Joe. So, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier when we were discussing about time, the time travel component of the movie. My biggest complaint about the time travel was that it felt too often at times like a greatest hits album. You get a lot of high-hitting, memorable, like, oh, remember this scene? Oh, remember that scene? Remember this thing that happened to that character? But... When I treat this movie as an epilogue, which it definitely feels more like to me, everything clicks. Like, specifically the last battle, all of a sudden those greatest hits truly become a reworking and almost a fresh take on things that have happened to these characters over a wide variety of movies. And when I, when Tony Stark says, I am Iron Man again, that, that scene that just kicked off the Marvel Cinematic Universe and initially subverted our expectations for what a superhero movie can be. I think this whole Endgame movie feels like an amazing summary and epilogue of everything that's come before, while also leaving things clean for a fresh start. Boom. Jared, final thoughts? Yeah, man, you got to take this movie as the as the finale, as the wrap-up, and in that role, it was amazing. You get to spend three hours with these characters you've spent ten years with, and... Uh, you get the best the best battle scene in superhero history, and uh, you get, uh, in my opinion, perfect wrap ups to the the two uh, leaders or core members of that uh, of the franchise. Um, so, in that context, context, uh, yeah, it was it was it was really really good. It was just absolutely insane. I loved every minute of it. I guess probably like. I in total agree, agreement with Joe that I loved that Captain America was living his life as the last shot of the movie. The most emotional part of the movie for me was Happy talking to Morgan and like she says she's hungry, she just wants a cheeseburger. I love that because that scene in the original Iron Man is like 
it's a great picture we see of the new Iron Man. He goes through such a great change in that first act of Iron Man 1. And him getting that cheeseburger, stepping out of the, the limousine, is like one of the first images we see of the good Tony Stark. And I don't know. I was kind of losing it at that point. <laughs> There's a lot of bad criticism about this movie that just ends up being that like people thought it was too weird. But it was the end game. It was the end of the MCU as we know it. And so it has every right to be as insane as it was. And um, you just got to take it. <laughs> well said. Because <laughs> they're going to give it to you. <laughs> There was a girl sitting right next to me, very obnoxious, laughing at every single little joke and also sobbing multiple times during the movie. I had Classic overlapper photo. during Infinity War. Overlapper. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible supervillain. <laughs> he would be the worst villain. Okay, let's move on to the speed round debates. Da, 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 da. All right, debate number one. Which superhero would be the most helpful for our world right now? Thank you, Tim, for the this debate idea. And Joe, you are judging. Let's do it. Let's keep it snappy, boys. We got three of these speed rounds to get through. Um, snappy, snappy, snappy. Get through? You mean enjoy. Let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, which... Uh, superhero would be best for our world currently. Um, I'm going to start left to right. Give me a little 30 second opening and then we might do a little rebuttal and some closings. We'll see what we got for time. But uh, let's start with Jacob. He's most left on my screen. I believe that the most helpful superhero for our time would be the MCU depiction of the Vision. <laughs> for a few reasons. One is you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the major issues facing the world today. What is the one thing we need that could solve all of them? Track with me. I don't think it's a big jump, but we need wisdom. And the Vision is the wisest, wisest superhero. He is comprised almost entirely of a mind. Um, he's very thoughtful. He also is extremely valuable for uh, technological implications. He can guide us through the tech frontier that is artificial intelligence. And he basically will, uh, he is the ultimate artificial intelligence. He has all of the upsides, none of the downsides in that he is, he is good. We can trust him. Thank you kindly. Let's move on to Jared. So the, the superhero that uh, would, would be most beneficial in our world today um, I'm not laughing because of my pick. I'm, I'm laughing for other reasons. Is Aquaman. And uh, yeah, Jacob uh, went Jedi on us and talked about wisdom. But uh, wisdom, well, never mind. Uh, here's, here's two big problems that a superhero like Aquaman can solve. Okay, one, environmental issues, climate change. Okay, he is... Uh, uh, there seems to be... Look, man, I'm no scientist. There seems to be somewhat consensus that that's a, that's a really uh, a really bad deal. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's that's one that's one reason. <laughs> Two is uh, there are bad people in this world. People that would <laughs> people people that would do others harm, and it's not enough just to control the weather. Okay, you got to fight bad guys too, and uh, and Aquaman is <clears throat> an extremely a uh, strong warrior, uh, extremely uh, good fighter, and so you get a double-edged sword of uh, 
yeah, you know what I'm saying. Joe, you know you can cut us right. off. This is these <laughs> yeah, are speed sorry. rounds. I should do a better job timing these because those are both pretty long. All right, let's go to David. Try to keep it 30 seconds, but since they had longer, if you push a little bit. Good. The world right now needs somebody to help save this world, to save our environment, to stop global warming, to rebuild what humanity has destroyed in this climate. And that uh, superhero is Storm from X-Men. She has powers to control the weather, powers to alter climates, powers to change humidity, precipitation, all of these different things over vast scales. And I think that she is really what this world needs to restore the damage that we've done to it in a realistic way and not to save fish or whatever Jared said in his terrible opening statement. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tim? So, unlike my companions, I will make this argument snappy. And speaking of snaps, no one better than Thanos himself no way. <laughs> to be able to help our world. So, hear me out. If Thanos was good, he has the entire power of the gauntlet at his disposal in order to alleviate world hunger, climate change, even bring the stars to our very own backyard and help humanity reach its greatest efforts through the reality warping abilities of the Infinity Stones. If I were a great at, never mind. All right, superhero Tim. <laughs> love it, Tim. Tim. Love it, baby. I'm, I'm Good such pick. a Thanos fan. I'm glad you picked him. Um, but I won't let do that affect wrong. my judgment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's give some rebuttals. Uh, we can go. There were whales in the Hudson. We can go in some reverse order, I suppose. Uh, so, Tim, why don't you give us a nice rebuttal if you have any? I think it just hinges upon the fact that Thanos with the gauntlet is able to do so much and everything that the other debatees have said they would like to accomplish with their respective heroes. You get everything in one package and it's all permanent. Storm could improve weather systems, but she's never going to be able to directly save the world from hunger. Um, some more expansion from David. How about that? Are these rebuttals or expansion, Joe? I don't know. I didn't know how much time Keep we us had. in line. Do what you wish here. Do what you wish. All right. Uh, Tim, the question you just apparently didn't even read. These are superheroes, not supervillains. I don't think anybody would argue that Thanos is a superhero, first of all. Um, second, Jacob, like having vision to help us with artificial intelligence going into the future, I feel like that's more of a danger and a risk than helpfulness. He could easily just take over the artificial intelligence and do whatever he likes with it. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Yes, Elon Musk is right. Uh, AI is going to kill us all, especially if vision is there to enhance it. All right. Jared? The difference between Storm's ability to impact climate change and Aquaman's is less than the difference between... Aquaman's ability to impact just bad guys <laughs> and storms. <laughs> so, impact bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> negatively impact bad guys. <laughs> Simple math tells you that uh, since the difference between one is, you know, greater than the other, that you just subtract Aquaman has the greater sum. Um, so he, he tops storm. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What was that math? Um, it's math. Thanos is not a bad pick. Thanos is not a bad pick, I have to say. If Tim has a super messed up sense of, you know, right and wrong, then <laughs> it's probably a great pick. All right. Well, that's your 30 seconds. Yeah. Jared, that was one of the worst arguments I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> uh, Jacob. Okay. Uh, Storm 
cannot a- affect the whole climate, and she will die. Aquaman <laughs> is only applicable in large scales to the ocean, and he will also die. Uh, Thanos is the Mad Titan. We can't trust him. And also, he will die. Uh, <laughs> the Vision, we can trust. Most of what we know about him is that he loves humanity and appreciates it in its fragility and all of the unique so-called weaknesses we may have. He's kind of laissez-faire. He doesn't love to interfere with our issues, but he wants the best for the planet and for the human race. We can trust him. It's ba- like there's there's no basis time. for us being able to not for us being able to not trust him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all, right. um, all right, let's give closing statements. I guess we can go back to the starting order, see what everybody wants to do. Uh, again, 30 seconds, round it out, Jacob. All right. What y'all may be failing to recognize is that artificial intelligence is extremely applicable to the issues you seem to be, the environmental issues um, you care so much about. Uh, Maybe even more so than whatever temporary solution um, your mortal heroes will provide. Plus, they just, uh, they won't do enough. Um, I love the power that Thanos offers, but we can't trust him. Time. Jared? Look, man, temperatures rise, the ocean temperature rises. The ocean temperature rises... More moisture in the atmosphere. More moisture in the atmosphere. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a meteorologist here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost said that. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for you. Uh, <laughs> I can see. <laughs> I, already, I already put an X through your name on my sheets. <laughs> okay. David, 30 seconds. All right. Storm would not die. I don't know where that came from, Jacob, but she can modify temperature electromagnetic atmospheric phenomena um she can even control extraterrestrial ecosystems storm would enable us to make mars a livable planet or any planet for that matter storm is like what we need to continue life in the long run maybe not in our lifetime but in time all right (laughs) by the way listeners we've we've all been typing in our little chat on the screen and bashing each other during our arguments so it's been a little distract yeah we we could stop using it if that's what you prefer yeah, a, that's, a wise host that's what got me for sure yeah <laughs> nothing else yeah, that's, not, not <laughs> it wasn't your bad argument, argument. <laughs> i uh, wink wink tim 30 seconds thanos did nothing wrong <laughs> bang he said it <laughs> uh okay well <laughs> be bold joe be bold <laughs> <laughs> look i'm gonna be honest with you tim i probably would have had you win <laughs> had you argued for thanos doing exactly what he did do but you were talking more about like him being a good guy and like using the stones <laughs> for for good means like, you just you never would do but if you killed half the population might have been on board with that um then it comes down to David and Jacob. Um, Wait. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, well, he conceded. <laughs> yeah. I did concede. That's true. It Sad. wouldn't have mattered if you had. Um, <laughs> what was that? One plus one equals negative bad people effects. Like, I just didn't. What? Play. One plus one negative bad people effects? You tried effects? using some math against, like. Gosh, you guys are just whatever, not on whatever. my level. That's your problem. <laughs> so, David and Jacob. Um, I'm going to give the win to 
Jacob. Oh, oh. another one. Chalk it up um, on, the, on the board. <laughs> only because it is a good point that Storm is mortal and she would die eventually, whereas Wiz- or Vision would not. And, like, I mean, AI being bad for the world, maybe, but it's kind of speculative. Um, so I'm going to give it to Vision, even though I hate Vision very much. But he is wise, I guess. So that'll do it. All right. Thank you, You're Joe, welcome. but not really. Um, <laughs> moving on to debate number two. Which superhero would make for the best new video game series? So I'll do the same format. I'm going to be more strict with the time. So as you should be concise, please. 30 second intervals only. I'll start with the order on my screen from right to left. Tim, what is your superhero video game? I'm arguing that the Avengers would make an excellent video game. I see this video game as being a multiplayer arena focused player versus enemy game where it's all from a first person perspective and each player can choose a different Avengers character to fight against a unique lineup of enemies, much like Halo's own firefight mode. This would have a great series of different villains to fight and would make for really compelling gameplay by having a wide selection of characters to choose from. Interesting. Uh, Joe, what is your video game? My video game is The Blackest of Panthers. Um, That's what it's called? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Um, No, I think, uh, obviously, the movie itself received a lot of acclaim. um, And I think that it would provide an opportunity to not only push some, you know, social agendas, maybe, but also just um, it's like a standard enough fighter that you can control him in video video game format without a ton of, like, crazy magic or other stuff. Um, But also... Uh, enough like intrigue that you could do a lot of you know leveling up with like cool gadgets and things like that time all right jared what is your game uh, the the superhero in my game is wolverine and uh the, the 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 big point here is that in a video game you have to have like the best video games are realistic fighters you can't have people flying around superman game would never work his flying is too hard and all this stuff the fighting with the wolverine would be amazing um, I'm picturing in San Francisco, he can ride around on a sick motorcycle, climb buildings with his claws, that kind of thing. It'd be awesome. Cool. Jacob, go. The best thing about a video game is customization and options and the ways that you can play it. And I think no hero is better suited for that than Iron Man. Um, just the total missions that he would be um, going through. They could be combat, uh, mid-air dogfights, detective work, and he's got many, many stories that he can tell. There's also a ton of uh, opportunity for player customization because he has like a billion suits. All right. Sorry to do this to you guys, but I have to pee really bad. That's <laughs> BRB. And now for our commercial break. Thanks for sticking around on Hostile Discourse. <laughs> We're sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon, chosen as America's finest in 1893. <laughs> you know, when I come home from a long day's work, there's nothing I love more than going out of my porch, cracking open a nice cold pipper. And watching the sun rise on a grateful universe. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so That's sick really if that was the end of Infinity War. He just puts yeah, down a cracks beer. open a PBR. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll pick up where I left off. You got to keep that. You got to keep that segment for sure. What are you talking about? <laughs> Surprise yourself and go back and listen later. All yeah, right. Yeah. Thank it'll you. It'll be worth it. By the way, 
Jacob and Jared, I have played an Iron Man game and a Wolverine game. So the question was new video game. I guess you're just saying a reboot. Well, if they made another one, it would be new. Okay. Bang. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. All right. Uh, rebuttals, 30 That's seconds. Logic. Let's start with Jacob going in reverse order. Sure. Um, what I see from Wolverine and Black Panther are very one-dimensional brawler games. Uh, I do love the stories of Wolverine, but gameplay would be mostly just uh, slashers or I guess riding around San Francisco in a motorcycle. My idea offers more options than that. Uh, Also, what Tim pitches is... Time. (laughs) 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 All right. Beat that. Oh, you almost had it? Gotta be quicker than that. Gotta be quicker. Jared, rebuttals. Go. (laughs) Like, Iron Man's no good. You can't... uh, Video games that, that try to fly around with a superhero, no good. It's too hard. It can't be done, okay? It has to be... Uh, a one player like Batman or Spider-Man. Black Panther is an honorable choice. Avengers disqualified because there are multiple, <laughs> uh, multiple superheroes there. Um, but no, Black Panther's story is cool, but it's way less cool than Wolverine's. I'm trying to fit it in. Time. So the backstory. All right, there you go. <laughs> Joe, rebuttals, go. Jared and I are in agreement for once uh, with Iron Man being just too many mechanics to handle in a game. It's already been made in a game, and it received a nice 42% on uh, Metacritic. <laughs> um, as for Wolverine, I mean, like, he's already had a game. It's not that original. Black Panther offers so much more. And in terms of Avengers, they do have, like, an Avengers fighting each other game, like Smash Bros. style, and it's some Capcom game, and that game sucks, too. So, honestly, mine's the only one that hasn't been made yet and would be cool. Cool. Tim, wrap up Tim. the rebuttals. Okay, so first of all, Black Panther's game would be way too derivative of the Arkham Knight series with Batman. I just don't see how it's going to be compelling versus that game that's already done it better. Uh, fighting game with Wolverine. Jared, it sounds like you want an open world game and a fighting game. I don't think those two could mix very well. And Iron Man's biggest problem is in the stories. Uh, the new Spider-Man game that came out was awful for Peter's gameplay portions. Tony Stark wouldn't be fun to play as, only good for cutscene development. So you have a very poorly managed game in that regard. Ooh. All right, let's do 20-second expansions, a little bit shorter. I'll start in the middle. Joe. Black Panther offers the best of both worlds in terms of a lot of action, but also uh, not being overly um, magical or special. And we've already seen how cool the Black Panther world is in Wakanda. You could explore some technology there, have like a little queue upgrading you as you go. Um, and you can also go to like New York and just fight on the streets of Brooklyn. Or you can go to the Plains of Africa and... Okay. In Africa. All right. Uh, Jared, 20 seconds. Go. Uh, it's not an open world as a clarification. It'd be, it'd be confined, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a, it would not be open world. It would be a fighting game. Um, secondly, as a member of the X-Men, you could get some really cool cameos from beloved characters. Um, maybe even Storm could make an appearance. Big D. (laughs) Time. He'd die. What a pander. Uh, Jacob, expansion, go. Flying games are very possible and have happened they are just planes and not people um (laughs) that's an easy transition to make also the best thing about the best game of all time breath of the wild is that you can approach any problem with an infinite number of time uh, strategies 
Oh, I don't think strategies got in there. We're still we're still waiting to hear what the infinite number was. Not to mention Breath of, of the Wild sounds great. You have to mark that, Judge. Strike <laughs> that from removed from my brain. Uh, Tim, twenty second expansion, go. So, like Halo, this game would hinge upon having a fun and diverse roster of enemies to fight. You could have Hydra soldiers with projectile weapons or Chachari with energy weapons. Um, and I just think with all the characters, sure, it's not one focused individual character, but this is an online game. I don't want to focus on the story. So it's about having well-balanced mechanics with fun characters to be able to fight a lot of different types of diverse enemies. All right. All right. I'm going to do this a little bit differently. Five second closing statements. So you better think of some, some good one liner to finish with. Back to you, Tim, to finish. Three, two, Thanos is wait, the fi- <laughs> three two one go thanos is the final boss and all the infinity stones uh teleport you on the map blah <laughs> such, this is such a hard game all right joe three two one go it's the only game in here that's unique and it offers the right level of power-ups what? what does it even mean the right, the right level of power ups yeah it's not like he's a too powerful being that you can't control like iron man and he doesn't right, have hey, shut up Joe, you can't talk. yeah shut up uh jared three two one go scratching flying motorcycles cameos san francisco <laughs> That's actually really good, dude. Uh, Jacob, three, two, one, go. My game's got the best options. <laughs> Surprisingly, that almost took five seconds, Jacob. You really need to, you know, speed, speed things up. Oh, wow. What a fun one. I'm cool, calm, relaxed, guys. What a fun one to judge. I think I nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob said, Woof, I need cocaine to get through my words. <laughs> what did you just say, Joe? Look at Jake, what Jacob said in the chat. Oh. He said, Woof, I need cocaine to get through my words. <laughs> I've got gosh, I've got sloth That's mouth. That's hilarious. <laughs> Alright, Jacob. Well your sloth mouth earned you fourth place. Options did not convince me that it makes it a good game. I'm sorry. Third place. It's mutiny. Tim, I know you tried to pander to me through your Halo comparisons, but I just I just didn't believe it. It'd be anything like Halo. <laughs> That's a genius move, Tim. I wish I had done Sir, it myself. I would never try such a thing. It, now this comes down to the two brawler games. Um, motorcycles. Ching, ching. <laughs> it makes that sound every time he does Technically, claws. snick it. Oh, man. Joe, you won it for this fact yes. only. Going back to the the sister, like a cue and upgrading your abilities, yeah, I thought that tight. was the best point, so that's why you won. Thank you. Sorry, Jared. I, I totally missed that. Joe made a good point to rebuttal my statement about it being too derivative of the Arkham games by emphasizing the environment would be different, and he's absolutely right. It'd be super cool to run around Wakanda in the plains. Yeah, yeah. it'd be dope. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a Black Panther game soon. All right, debate number three. Jacob, you are judging. What is the best Marvel movie? So we will start with 30-second opening arguments. And I have a timer on my phone. Let's start with the winner. Joe, ready, set, go. 
I am arguing for the original Avengers movie, the first one, uh, and also the best one, obviously. Um, the scene that everyone thinks of when I say the Avengers is the scene when it's this pan around, pan around of all the main heroes in the middle of New York City fighting all the big bad guys. I mean, it doesn't matter that all these other movies came out. That's what you think of. And I think that speaks volumes to the first time that they were all together and just what a great movie that made. Well done. Um, Jared, you're up. Ready, set, go. What makes a good movie are a couple things. Uh, for a superhero movie specifically, the villain is a huge deal. Characterization in any movie is a huge deal. And the emotion felt uh, for any reason throughout is a huge deal. And Infinity War is my choice. And it has uh, the best of those three out of any of these options. All right. Uh, David, at your leisure. We mentioned this movie a couple times in our Endgame discussion. And that is... Uh, 2008's Iron Man, the first Iron Man. And we mentioned it because it was revolutionary in the superhero genre. It really catapulted the MCU and set the tone for what MCU movies are like and what superhero movies could be like outside of the movies that existed at the time. All right. Tim, whenever you're ready. So I'm arguing for Guardians of the Galaxy, because the first one, because it reintroduced uh, a level of freshness into the Marvel Cinematic Universe that without it, it, this whole universe would have had no legs. It allowed for more grandiose and outlandish concepts such as Thor Ragnarok to be approved and ended up making for a really great movie. So I think Guardians of the Galaxy set up a fresh take and a zany take that made the Marvel Cinematic Universe unique and what it is today. All right. Let's go for um, expansions first. Reverse order. Tim, you have 30 seconds to expand on your opening argument. So I also just think that Guardians of the Galaxy created a fresh roster that showed us that Marvel characters don't need to be uh, clean cut. They can be kind of outlandish and have a lot of humor in how they're portrayed and interact with one another. I also really think the music was a critical component and started a whole new pop culture phenomena of introducing 70s music into modern movies just to give a lighthearted, fun vibe that made this movie uh, have a unique charm and plucky charm that is present throughout a lot of the other Marvel movies now. That's perfect timing. Um, Okay, now David. So there's a reason why Tony Stark was chosen as the focal point of Endgame. It's because Tony... Because Tony changed so much from this movie through each movie. And his character just made a complete reversal from how we met him at the beginning of Iron Man. He was a kind of like a douchebag arms dealer, but somehow likable. And his character is just so unique and unique in superhero movies. Just... The way Robert Downey Jr. portrays Iron Man, and that's really exemplified in Iron Man 1. Okay, now Joe. Um, so, I think all these movies are obviously great, but the, the Avengers and Infinity War, I guess, as well, are kind of just this next level culmination of the Avengers. It's what embodies the Avengers. When you get these like single heroes with Iron Man or even just a group of heroes with Guardians of the Galaxy, you, you don't get the full effect that is Marvel. And I think that bringing them all together is, is the ideal situation for these movies and infinity war does that but i think avengers does it better and makes it more relatable to people who necessarily haven't seen all the movies because infinity war if you haven't seen them you're screwed all right uh now jared 
go now. Yep. The, 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 the villain uh, is extremely important in, in any superhero movie. Uh, the Dark Knight's great because the Joker's great, et cetera, et cetera. There are lots of examples and, and, and kind of inverse examples of that. Thanos is an amazing, a great villain. Characterization, you get to see Thanos characterized um, as well as Thor is another great example in this movie of a hero who goes from really low to really high. And the snap brings so much emotion. The highs and lows of the movie cause uh, a lot of tears and... Um, emotional okay now for the rebuttal rounds i'm going to ask you to uh specifically rebut somebody else so um (laughs) first let's have joe rebut tim's no david's you have 30 seconds um kind of like i said i mean having an iron man movie is they're great but i mean it's kind of the one hero and he doesn't really fight on a large scale and i think what makes marvel so special is is the scale of it and just having 22 movies that can culminate um into you know a large scale movie with so many different actors um but i think that iron man just doesn't deliver on that point whereas avengers does all right david now you rebut tim's Uh, Yeah, so, Tim, you chose Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie is highly overrated. It focuses way too much on comedy than uh, Iron Man 1 does. I think Iron Man has that tactile feel, really just like you're grounded in, in the universe. Even, like, the armor that he wears, it's actually... Like, looks like it's working. It's not just nanotechnology. Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't have that grounded feel because it takes place in space. Um, It's focused on more comedy and, yeah... It's, it's not as good. Okay. Now, Tim, you rebut Jared. Okay. Do I have 30 seconds? Yeah. All right. Start. So I would say uh, Infinity War wouldn't exist without Guardians of the Galaxy. Peter Quill hating Thanos, for example. Gamora and Nebula having antagonistic interactions with Thanos really set up the bulk of the drama in that movie. And we wouldn't have even had Endgame if Peter Quill didn't end up, you know, punching Thanos in the face once he found out that Gamora was dead. So without those characters being established in Guardians of the Galaxy, Infinity War wouldn't have had legs. All right. Uh, who has not been rebutted against? It's me me doing Joe, and thank you so much, Jacob. For doing the <laughs> All right, go. Uh, uh, Joe's argument is a classic goat versus boat mix up here greatest of all time versus best of all time he relies on its significance in context as the first avengers movie but not as it's not as a standalone the qualities of a standalone movie that make it great so um his biggest problem is that uh it's great because it's the first avengers movie and it's a big deal but that's not enough uh, of a specific standalone movie reason to pick it as the best ever all right, you now have, I will allot you 15 seconds, closing statements. Um, the order we started in, I forget it. I'll make it up. Joe. I feel like my only real competition is uh, Jared's Avengers Infinity War. And honestly, and if you want some more specifics, uh, Thanos is the main character of that, not the Marvel characters. And I think that the Avengers provides you with main characters of the superheroes. And that's what makes it a better superhero Marvel movie, as opposed to Thanos being the center. All right. Uh, now, Jared. Uh, villain. Thanos is amazing characterization. We see multiple characters go from very high to very low throughout that movie. We get to see them in awesome ways. And, uh, there's no more emotional movie in the MCU than Infinity War. All right. Um, Tim. 
Well, Guardians of the Galaxy does have a lot of comedy and humor in it. Marvel has established that's what makes its universe work. And Guardians of the Galaxy at a deeper level is about a group of diverse people coming together as a family, which is what all of the Avengers movies ultimately culminate into. All right. Now, David. I think Iron Man 1 executes a lot of the things that you guys mentioned even better than yours. Um, It set the first tone for using classic rock songs. It also set the tone for comedy, but not too heavily. It's more subtle and a lot less prevalent, the comedy in Iron Man. I think that really works well for a superhero movie. Um, I need to think through my judgment a little bit. I'm afraid last place is Joe because he used a repeat argument in the rebuttal round. Wow. <laughs> um, just going by the numbers. Um, Hate to see it. Yeah. Hate I know. to see it. Are you sure it wasn't my rebuttal of Joe that tore him apart? <laughs> just just no, say give him the just satisfaction. Put it on the record so that I can listen to it later. Third place, I'll give to hmm, David because I I didn't I I do appreciate context of the the first Marvel movie being all that it was, but the argument of it being more grounded, therefore better. I, I, I even understand, like, the mechanical suit. That is a great part of it. Um, it just didn't really land for me with uh, as being a counter to Guardians of the Galaxy. And I do think these last two are great arguments. But the fact that Jared laid out at the beginning what makes a great movie um, had the evidence. I think Tim had all of the... Uh, he explained definitely the reasons why. Guardians of the Galaxy would be uh, a great candidate, but I'm going to give this one to Jared because I think he needs it. Jared, (laughs) back on the scoreboard. As long as that's the reason, I'm fine with it. (sighs) I'm at the point where I'll take your pity. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you for judging with me, Joe and Jacob. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. This was a fun episode, and I know that we could talk about Endgame for 30-plus more minutes, I'm sure, but we don't want to bore you, audience, with our with our thoughts that go on too long. Thank you, Tim, for coming back as a regular guest. Wow, it feels really good to be bumped up into that tier list. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, my faithful co-hosts, for coming back on. As always. Always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. Jared, back in the back of his <laughs> room. <laughs> your, your microphone's hiding your entire head. There we go. <laughs> All right, so we are going to continue our schedule of an episode of the podcast every week. Um, we released an interview episode last week. Let us know if you enjoyed that format. Um, I think we might end up doing a mid-season Game of Thrones episode this week or next just because there's too much to talk about before the finale. And yeah, lots of cool plans coming up may and june so subscribe and leave us a rating and review on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show thank you as always for tuning in and we will see you next time bye 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 toodles so long toodles thanks for listening to hostile discourse subscribe and leave us a review on itunes google play or stitcher and check out our other social media accounts linked in the show notes. Join us next time for more inexhaustible debate over the most questionable of topics.